0: Welcome to the Human Predator Pack Mule Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Baumgardner. I'm a strength and conditioning coach, I'm a writer, and I'm an outdoors person just like you. And I created this show to help you be more successful in the outdoors, both by training your body to handle the rigors of each hunt and to do it over the long haul, and to introduce you to some great guests they are gonna teach you some skills and tell you some great stories. Again, I'm Todd Baumgardner, and this is the Human Predator Pack Mule Podcast. folks welcome back to the podcast it's your homeboy Todd today I'm joined by sincerely one of my dearest friends in the world his name is Josh Hill and he is an experienced backpacker he's he's walked more miles than anybody I know that's for damn sure um, and I wanted him to do a list of overrated and underrated gear for you guys um, he did a great job with it and I think it's gonna be super helpful to you know, figure out maybe some stuff that you should be carrying that you're not, and maybe ditch some stuff that you're carrying and that you don't really need to need to be carrying, especially as you're we're in like hiking season and you're out there doing your scouting trips or if you're just backpacking for fun or whatever it may be. I think this guy is really going to help you out. So I'm going to shut up. We're going to get the show. I hope you enjoy it. Joshua. Yes, sir. Hey there, buddy. How are you? Me. I'm doing good, pal.
1: That's good.
0: Uh let's talk about backpacking. That's why I wanted to talk to you, man. I know All right. So I think what we should tell at one point is how I almost died first Mountain Trail, because that's hilarious. I mean, I don't know if you almost died, uh, <laughs> but you weren't in great shape. I was not in great shape. We can go tell it. Guitar- but um so I'll give you the background. Uh, I'll I'll tell everybody else first. So Josh is my buddy Josh Hill. Hi Josh Hill. Hi. Right. So Josh and I have been friends since we were like 11 years old, and uh, we've been fishing buddies for a long time, and we've started to become hunting buddies now, which is pretty neat, and we're backpacking buddies, so we do a lot of shit outside together. And um, the reason that I wanted to bring him on and have uh, whoever listens to this listen to it, because Josh is like, uh, I guess I want to say the biggest no bullshit outdoorsman that i know like he he knows gear inside and out he knows things inside and out because he does the research and he has the experience of like going out and testing shit so i wanted uh i wanted to bring him on because it's like scouting season so a lot of folks are doing backpack trips um they're going out and seeing what their spots are going to be like in the fall and all of that but also just like for general like hey you like hike, you like hiking you like doing the backpack type stuff like this is a good what he knows is is pretty extensive, so I wanted to give him use him as a resource for everybody else because um I get what we're kind of try to walk through is like the things that like the most underrated and the most overrated pieces of gear uh that you can have when you're backpacking. So that's kind of like what we're gonna get through and then maybe tell a funny story about me uh cramping and almost dying. How's that sound to right. you? Right, right. Sounds good. I like that. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the the good stuff, the bad stuff? Do you, do you have it lined up as, like, one replaces um, the other? How do you want to do it?
1: I was just going to go over a list of a few things that I think are overrated and then underrated, and we can touch on their specific points. So I can go over what the little list of each is to start, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. and now, like, I'll, I guess I'll list them all, and then we can talk about them after I list them all, if that makes That's sense. It. That works. So... Now, once again, I want you to keep in mind that everything I'm going to say, first of all, you're, you know, can obviously disagree with. Them. That's fine. I'm sharing this from my experience of what i found to work for me and what I need. And I'm also sharing it from the point of view of someone who is more, like Todd said, a backpacker, a lightweight backpacker at that. So, I mean, I'm trying to be as comfortable as I can, cover as much ground as I can with zero mis- or, uh, extras, so to speak. I only try to bring necessities, no, no luxuries. Word. But it sh- it, there is a lot of carryover in the world of you know backpack hunting or whatever. So things that I think are overrated are first thing, heavy and or big waterproof footwear, sturdy boots so to speak. The second thing is heavy duty knives. Now once again, if you're hunting, that may be a, a thing. But if you're just backpacking, you don't need to carry a big knife. The third thing would be Free standing shelters. Um, And then people's reliance on mainstream brands. I also feel like that would be overrated. And another thing would be sleeping bags. Okay. Okay. Those are things I feel like are overrated. Underrated, I would have to say, would be your pack, like your actual backpack. Trekking poles. Household items, how they can come into use. Backpacking quilts. And then literally knowledge and practice and experience. I think that is also underrated. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Those are some things that I think we can talk about. All
0: right. Let's, let's just run down the list. Let's start at the top of the overrated and we'll fucking just run through all of them.
1: All right. Yeah. So overrated footwear. I have learned over the years that I prefer to hike regardless of the weather in basically sneakers, right? Like your, your running shoes, trail runners, whatever. You know, I carry extra socks if my feet get wet, and those are mainly to sleep in. Um, I've worn waterproof shoes. I don't like them. Water gets in your shoes, and then it takes longer to dry, whereas a lightweight, mostly mesh shoe, your water gets, water gets in, your feet will still dry a lot quicker. Um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, I just the more weight on your feet, you really notice it. it. It adds up just like weight on your back. It makes you more tired, you know, and, and it just makes your life harder. That's so. the,
0: that's the, that's like that first long backpack trip that we did when we did the Terrace Mountain Trail, the one where I almost died, I had yes. those, do you remember I had those heavy ass Keen shoes on?
1: I think I do. That was yeah. like,
0: that was the worst decision besides for getting a lighter. That was the worst decision of the trip was wearing those shoes, right. man. They wore me out.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I wore a pair of, you know, A6 trail runners that were like 60 bucks and You know, price, things don't have to be expensive to be good. Now, those shoes don't last. The shoes I like don't last. You know, I wear them out quickly, but they're not expensive, and they're very comfortable while they they do last. You know, while they're good, they're good. And then when they're dead, just pitch them and buy a new pair. So
0: I think the biggest thing that people are going to struggle with is the waterproofing. I'm I'm sold on it. I buy it. I buy it, but I think that's the hardest sell for people.
1: I mean, you know, so Todd and I went on a squirrel hunting trip two years ago or something, right? And we didn't shoot a squirrel. But we walked way back in the woods, and it was about as cold as it can be. It was mid it was
0: mid fucking February during a polar vortex, and we decided to walk over two mountains. On squirrels is what we did.
1: So that's and cool. not not see a squirrel even. I didn't see one.
0: But, <laughs> no, I didn't. But
1: but anyway, yeah. So it was like as cold as the weather could possibly be here. And I wore those same kind of shoes. And yeah, my feet were cold at times, but they got me through. You know, I it's that's what I wore. I think so.
0: I think the thing too is like when you're hiking and you know like you're mostly just hiking especially the trips people will be doing right now it's like it's not like you're getting off the trail and doing anything crazy or anything like that either you know what i mean because it's like i i mean going up to alaska because i leave in a few weeks to do that i bought i'm actually i'm interested in your opinion i bought uh waterproof socks so they're like they're uh merino wool but they got like a liner in them so they're waterproof so it's like my system is i got those merrill altolites I got my gaiters and I got my waterproof socks. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm running up there, but it could be like, you're dealing with boggy shit. You're dealing with rain. You're dealing with that. And then I'm taking two pair two pairs of the Merrell so I can rotate them and rotate my socks.
1: Interesting. Interesting. You know, and I I've never heard of these waterproof socks, so hopefully I can learn from your experience up there. I mean, they sound like they would work right. And, uh, yeah, especially if your shoes are wet, you slip on a fresh pair of waterproof socks if they got wet inside. It sounds like a great idea.
0: That's that's the plan. Yeah. I'm gonna try it out. So, so I think the big thing is is like, light light on the old shoesers and just carry extra socks and make sure you're rotating and you should be good.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And if, if I'm backpacking, I only have two pairs of socks, right? Because um, I've got a pair to sleep in, a dry pair to sleep, and then my pair that I'm wearing. If they're wet, you know, I, I will sleep with them to keep them from freezing in in cold weather. And then put those same wet socks back on the next day and keep rolling. Just so I keep one dry pair. But, yeah. Yeah. That is the move. Right. So, fuck your
0: heavy hiking boots. I'm going to stop swearing as much as I am. I really started laying them down thick this time. Um, But (laughs) you don't need them. Uh, Unless you're like – I mean, no, no. So, I think the one caveat would be, and this is honestly it's something that I haven't done yet – but, like, some of the high country sheep hunts, like, into, like, the rocky shit and stuff like that, it, it looks mm. like you need some sturdy shit for doing that. That's a whole other experience. Oh. But, like, walking trails and shit, man.
1: No doubt. And that's where it comes down to experience. Like, there's nothing wrong with wearing heavy-duty heavy, heavy duty footwear or even waterproof footwear. I'm not saying that. If it, if, it, if it fits the situation properly, wear them by all means. But for 99% of people's applications they wear them, I think they're unnecessary. Um and you know what's funny? You say that because I think they're also necessary—not necessary—or people can use them. I should say on the other end of the spectrum, when people go for little day hikes and by the, when they go hiking, they go for a two-mile walk. Sure, wear them. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to go through anything crazy. Your feet will probably stay dry. You know they're going to do their job. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you're yeah. not worried about
0: you're not worried about like actually having to like you're you're uh, you're a thirty-minute walk from your truck. Like it's not that big of a deal.
1: Right, and, and your waterproof shoes will be fine. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that sounds crazy. But, yeah, for your average walk like that, they're fine. But for a serious backpacking trip, I don't wear them. I, I just don't like them.
0: Fair so. enough. Well, you sold me, especially after doing a few things with you and stuff. I, I, I'm in on that. I I do have waterproof stuff, but I don't know. Like I was, I was talking to my buddy Steve um, that I'm going to hunt with in Alaska. And this he's wearing, like, Dude, he 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 hunted sheep like uh like I don't know if it was a stone sheep or a doll sheep but anyway, he's hunting sheep, and and he did it he did it and there's like. Have you ever seen those innovate shoes? The ones that are like zero drop and they have like the vibram bottoms. Have you ever seen those? No. Oh, he hunts, no, I haven't. He hunts up mountains and those damn things. I think that's what he's wearing when we go on our caribou hunt in August and stuff too. So it's like he's with you on the on the. I love it on the shoes, man. So.
1: Yeah, I, I love it, man. That's I. That's my opinion. Yep, I'm sticking to that one. You're not alone.
0: So, well, you're not alone. What's uh? What was item number
1: two? I don't remember. All right. So now, once again, this is strictly from a backpacking pers- perspective, but it's knives. Okay. Mm. Um, if I'm just going backpacking now, like I said, hunting, you may need different scenario, different kind of knives. But if you're just going on a backpacking trip, I see people carrying big, heavy knives. You really don't need those, especially here in the eastern U.S. I mean, I don't know. I carry a Victorinox classic Swiss pocket knife. You know, it's tiny blade. It's an inch long or something. And I've never even really needed to use it. So I, I, just, I just think, you know, you're weighing yourself down. And, that's, and I think that's people have to step out of their comfort zone. It's, they got to give that security up and realize they're fine and don't need. You know what I mean? I, I just think it's there as a sense of security. And it's hard for people to let go of those things that make them feel safe. But I don't think there's a use for one just on a backpacking sense, so. I feel like you're,
0: I'm trying to think back at trips. I usually have, I usually have like my, my cheap ass everyday carry knife in my pocket when I go. And right. I'm trying to think if I've ever actually used it. Like when we were just back, I don't think I have.
1: No, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that I'd use a knife for and the Swiss can get it done. You know, the tiny one that has scissors, a file and a knife. Um, it's just cutting some rope that got tangled or something. And that's that's really you know, that's all I ever have ever used a knife for.
0: Yeah. So I I don't need much. I don't think I have either. I think dicking around whittling sticks or something like that, but that's probably it. I haven't it's I think it's I think it is I think it is a security thing though too, because it's like I was I mean it's not the same, but I was talking to my friend Kate yesterday and she lives in Utah and there's not a ton to be afraid of in Utah, like moose are big, like, right. If you, they get kind of ornery, they can charge you. They got black bears. They got, they got uh mountain lions, which don't jump on, like, they're not super predatory of people. Like it happens, but it's not something that happens a lot. But we were talking about how, you know, as soon as she started carrying a sidearm or is going to start carrying a sidearm, like she immediately feels, just feels better about going out there by herself. And it's like, you know, far be it for me to tell you not to do that. You know what I mean? So I'm with you. But Absolutely. it's like at the same right, it's like, you know, if you're trying to think about in the backpacking sense and the knives and like, it's like, I think you have to think about utilization. And I don't think I think that's the point that you bring up is like people don't think about utilization. They just think, well, of course, I need a knife. Why wouldn't I need a knife? You know what I mean? Right.
1: And and like I said, all my experience really is in the east, specifically Pennsylvania. That's where I've done ninety percent of my hiking. Um, and it's just we have zero things scary here. I mean, no. we don't. You know, it's yeah, we've got black bears, we've got whatever, some rattlesnakes and stuff. But your your knife's not going to do much for you there anyway. And it's it's just a it's it's a tool that you really don't need because you should be prepared before you leave with everything. That, you know, you just don't need a knife. That's
0: you don't. So Especially most instances, you're warming up. Water for mountain house, and that's what you're eating, and it's not like you're doing anything crazy anyway. So it's like I think it's just I think the key is utilize. What are you going to utilize it for? Right,
1: right, right,
0: right, Josh. Right. What's next, right. man?
1: What do we got next? Oh. All right. So I had freestanding shelters on there. Now this would be oh. a uh, a tent, you know, that has a, a frame, like the traditional tent you would go camping in. Overrated, right? People try to use them all the time. Yes, they're sturdy but they are heavy as hell, okay? Even the light ones, the one-person ones, they're still heavy. Um, They do have benefits, but they've got way more depth drawbacks, in my opinion, because, once again, that adds up to weight on your back and a more tired you. And, you know, it's just – whenever you feel fatigued, you can still get a really good workout backpacking and traveling, but your shoulders might be sore, you know, like you're just not going to enjoy the experience as much. That's all there is to it. Less weight equals more fun. That's fair. How much?
0: I yeah. mean, that last, we just did a trip. Was that March? It was March. That would have March. been March, I believe. Yeah, because COVID had just started. And we did 17 miles in two days. Nothing crazy. But I think you probably had, what, 25 pounds on you? 20, 25 pounds?
1: Yeah, I'd say probably pack and everything. I was carrying food and everything. I probably had about 20 to 25 pounds. Yeah. And I
0: probably had... 35 pounds something like that Something, yep. and it was just it was nice. it's it makes a big difference man because like we got and i've been doing a lot of walking. and i've been doing hiking i've been doing some training and you know the, the first like i don't know nine miles of the trip i i kicked a good bit of ass and then i just hit a wall and it's like you know you can't discount the cumulative stress of like how much weight you're carrying man you really can't
1: right you know there's only a 10 pound difference which doesn't sound like much but it When, you know, walking that much, it adds up. That's it about, adds up. We went
0: up over just one ridge that day. But we still, we went up over a ridge, and then we kept, like, it was just, it was a fair amount of walking. So it's just, like, I think that's the thing that people don't think about. It's like, oh, it's just 10 pounds. But it's like, yeah, it's just 10 pounds over a really, like, a long distance. So it it's super, it absolutely is cumulative and wears you down.
1: It's something, I don't know how familiar all you guys are with central Pennsylvania, but we don't have real big mountains here, ridges, but what we do have is extremely rocky terrain and it's kind of a pain in the ass to walk on um but yeah we've got rocks everywhere
0: rocky and steep we do have some steep sides man yes we do what uh so you don't need your tent get your hammock is that what you're saying
1: or a tent that's supported by a trekking pole something that Uh, cut your weight or just use a minimalistic tarp you know or like let's say for the hunting application, you know, you know, Todd, you're familiar with the seek outside TPs. We've used those. Um, I love them. It's not your traditional setup that has, you know, a frame around the whole thing. You, you know, it's just one support cause you lose so much weight. You gain so much more shelter with less weight doing that. So it, it's well worth it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was, uh, one of the funny things <laughs> just thinking about the seek outside when we, um, When we did the squirrel trip and our buddy Christian met us out, uh, he drove and we actually walked, but he brought, he brought his seat outside tent and we had this wood stove and, uh, the wood stove that goes along with it. And like, I remember we got in there and it was like eight o'clock at night and that fire was ripping in the wood stove and it was warm. And I was like, you guys were talking. And I was like, screw you guys. I'm going to sleep because it is going to be cold in here eventually. (laughs) (laughs) And then then at one point, like, I woke up in the middle of the night to just you, like, every hour just stoking the fire to keep it going. And it was so cold. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And and at that point, those stoves, you know, they're nice, but they're not. You just got to be ready to sleep in the cold. Have it right here. Oh, man. Yeah, it
0: was – that was – I kept sliding on the damn snow too. That was a cold ass night, man. That it, was a real
1: cold. It night. was probably around zero, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, that was it was. <laughs> um So was. What's that little what's that little um, what's that little tent you let me borrow? What
1: that, was that thing called? That was a six moon designs lunar solo. Yeah, it's a sweet little tent too. It's a nice tent, yeah. We took we lent it to Todd and he took it out now. We didn't properly tighten it back up, got a little damp. You know, he got a little wet, but whatever. He survived. I dig it wet. He I dig it wet.
0: My, my quilt was soaked. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your next item. What do you got for us? All right. I just had
1: sticking to mainstream brands. That is overrated. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, your average person might go to REI or wherever, a store like that. They sell what they sell. They think that's it, and they buy it, and they're good, right? Sure. Um, and I guess I guess my point here is, you know, you go to REI, you can buy things made overseas. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's not my point here. But for, for so much money, let's say X amount of dollars, where you can find companies that make more specialized equipment that are tailored to what you want, that literally cost no more money, and they're handmade for you. And you can really, you know, if you're five foot five or whatever, you can get something that fits you. And right there, if you get something that's, that fits you perfectly, you've just cut weight. You're carrying less and it's it's just what you wanted. You know, you, you build it to your specifications. So what are what are some examples? Um, let's say for shelters, there's like six moon designs, who I just mentioned, uh, mountain laurel designs. They're for quilts there would be enlightened equipment, hammock gear. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many of them. Now I've personally used all of those companies I mentioned, but there are so many manufacturers out there and I've never been disappointed. But you know, for many of my gear, it's it's been amazing, and I've, I've tested you, that stuff in some nasty situations.
0: What so, do you think the um, What do you think that the most important stuff to to get kind of, I guess you would say, customized would be? What would be the most important gear to do that with?
1: Um, well, I'm a big fan of quilts, so I think you should get a quilt tailored to your size, roughly, and then. Also, depending on where you live, you know, you've got to think about when you're going to use it most often. So, if it's going to be mostly fair weather, you know, get it up to 40 degrees. If you're going to use it year-round, get a 10-degree quilt, you know. And Or, if you're like me, have multiple quilts for whenever you want to go. And Because, you know, if I'm going for a trip right now, I'm taking a really lightweight quilt, and I, you know, I just shed a pound of weight off of my wintertime quilt, you know. So, it's like, not even a pound, but yeah. But, Uh, but yes a quilt would be probably the biggest thing you know sleeping pads are pretty universal so i I don't know anybody that makes custom sleeping pads but shelters you know custom shelter if you're not a huge guy you don't need a huge shelter you know it's just
0: yeah fit to your specs can you do me a favor yeah whatever you're tapping stop tapping it (laughs) because it is it is coming through sorry about um you're good buddy uh fuck what was the next thing oh so okay so we're customizing those things um name brands are overrated right and I, i'm what not is...
1: saying they're always overrated but you know there's there's things that are, you can buy a lot for the same price that are, are better quality better tailored to you yes i think the
0: i think the thing with that is though is that it's access and awareness because for example like i got an rei 15 minutes away i can go down there and just like oh shit i needed this and just grab it whereas like you know what i mean most people don't i think ha- having something like this to listen to that says like oh you do have this resource like you know laurel mountain laurel designs or something like that where you right. can go get and i just don't i just don't think people know about that as much you know
1: no i absolutely don't you're right which ties us into the underrated uh knowledge and practice and all that but we'll get there no that we that is underrated what's
0: yeah. uh was that the last thing what's the overrated list did we get through all of it well, i was just
1: gonna say sleeping bags but we already pretty much covered that with quilts because and the only reason is all that back material in a sleeping bag once you lay on it is worthless um it's literally doing nothing for you to be warm so yeah it's just weight, you know just weight. so it's like
0: the, you get the quilts that you can like attach around your sleeping pad and that works pretty
1: well correct and then you're not wasting that that weight of the insulation you're just going to lay on and flatten and
0: render useless right. um, that yeah. makes sense right i did i did however buy a sleeping bag for alaska i bought a new sleeping bag
1: hey man nothing wrong with like nothing wrong with the owning and using sleeping bags i've got a few and i love them you know i use them when i just drive out and go car camping all the time but
0: yeah well, that's the thing is like we have boats and we'll have a, a, a steady camp and all that kind of stuff so it won't be that big of a deal but right. i i am jazzed about that uh sleeping pad that neo uh the extern oh yeah yeah dude that thing is a furnace i'm yeah. i'm very happy with i'm very happy with that purchase
1: Therm-a-Rest has never let me down man I, i've owned quite a few of their pads and they're they've always been pretty pretty good so yeah, yeah. they're awesome
0: uh did we get so wait did we get through everything with the overrated yeah, stuff that, or
1: that covers the majority i had some other things but we'll, we'll move on to the underrated
0: all right if you're ready to go
1: yeah why you, not
0: you steer the ship poppy
1: so the number one most underrated thing in my opinion is your pack okay go on because it's not exciting you know it's just this thing that carries your stuff it's not like wow look at this cool stove or 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 this awesome sleeping bag that's, you know, 900 fill power down. It's not that cool. So I think people look past it when it is the most important part of wilderness traveling, right? It's like uh, that's your trunk and your feet of your car, you know? It's just, like, uh, it's the most important thing. If you're not comfortable, your time is going to suck. And your pack needs to be tailored to fit you, like, know your waist, know your torso length. And, you know... If you're hunting, have a pack appropriate for your purpose. If you're lightweight backpacking, there's a pack for that, you know? And that's something definitely best bought in person. Uh,
0: That's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I obviously use my hunting pack for our backpacking, our last backpacking trip, because it's only the, the only pack that I have. Right. But it, it wasn't necessary for that. It was not, it was, it was heavier than it needed to be. That is without a doubt true, but like it is what it is, but it absolutely. But the difference is, that one backpacking trip we took i borrowed your pack yeah and that did not fit me well and that was not a good time
1: no yeah and that and that totally ruined your mojo i mean like everything went south for you mhm so uh, I, was,
0: I was a tired boy
1: yeah a lot of that's how the pack fits so and you know it doesn't have to be an expensive pack i've been using this same REI flash i bought it on clearance for like 50 bucks i've had other packs but this one just fits me so well that it's it's my go-to you know it's just it's lightweight it only weighs about two pounds and it's a fantastic pack so so
0: we're looking at so we're looking when we're looking at packs we're thinking okay so we need to know that it's going to fit our waist we need to know that it's going to fit our torso correct what other things do you think that people need to consider when they're thinking about their pack
1: um obviously the pretty much the only other thing in my opinion that's important is the how big it is the cubic you know the cubic size cubic inches or whatever or the leaders, however you want to do it. But you know, you've got to know, you have to know what you're planning on taking out there, what your system looks like and will it all fit comfortably. Right? Um, right. Which that's, that brings me back. If let's say you're, you're skimming down, you're not taking as much as you usually do. Ditch your stuff sacks. Don't put your sleeping bags or your quilts or whatever in stuff sacks. Cause the fuller your pack is, the more comfortably it'll ride on you. Right. So even if it's got nothing in it, Leave your stuff, your downs or your synthetics or whatever you have, all puffed out. First of all, it's better for the stuff, for for the actual equipment because it's not as compressed, and then it fills your pack out. Uh, so yeah.
0: that was a that was a great tip that you always gave me. What? No, I have a question though. Does um does material matter? Do you think that what it's made of matters?
1: You know, I've never really seen any packs not made out of some kind of heavy duty ripstop nylon, so. I don't know. That's about the only thing they come in. Very, I mean, varying weights, of course. And I guess you would just have to tailor that to, you know, like if you're going to go on some badass hunt and do whatever, it might need to be heavier duty than going for a 15 mile trek, you know. I, so I don't know. That's honestly something I don't know much about. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I just
0: figured out that. Um, all right. Pack underrated. Yeah. Next underrated item. Trekking
1: poles. Go on. I don't care where you're going, and I, I, I'm not sure how underrated these are anymore. I think people are mostly caught on to them, but there's still some holdouts out there. Um, they just make traversing the terrain so much easier, and they save you a ton of energy. And you know, I've gone on some pretty lengthy trips when it's been five degrees, zero degrees, and I'm talking, you know, walking 50 miles. Your hands stay so much warmer because they're more in the action. You know, it's just it saved my ass from falling a lot of times, helped me jump across creeks. I mean it's they're essential. I like I I would not even if I if we were going backpacking and I was like, Oh my god, I forgot my trekking pools, we would be stopping somewhere so I could buy a pair. I don't care if they were from Walmart, like I'd be buying a pair, you know. Well they help um,
0: they help you balance out the load a lot too. They so do it's not just sitting on your shoulders and your hips, that's for sure.
1: Plus, I mean, worst case scenario it is a stick between you and whatever may be trying to harm you. You know, no, swing sure. it like it could fend off some kind of animals or even another person if need be. Um yeah. You got you got two some bitching sticks you can
0: smack somebody with. There's a, yep. uh, there's a story uh from I don't they never they never uh actually showed the film or anything from from this hunting trip, but there was a, they talked about it on the Meat Eater podcast a couple years ago. They were on a Fognak Island, I believe, which okay. is off the, coast, off the coast of Alaska. And there's some big, unruly sunbitching bears there. And uh, so they were going back in to get this elk that they killed to pack it out the rest of the way. And they didn't realize that this bear had claimed their kill. And they're all, like, relaxed, sitting under this tree, eating lunch, and not paying attention. And this bear charged them. And the one dude, like, as it was coming at him, this guy, Giannis Patelis, he's a pretty neat dude. He smacked the bear in the face with his trekking pole and turned it.
1: That's amazing. Like a
0: a big old grizzly just bearing down on him. He smacked it in his face and it turned it.
1: That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the only kind of defense I carry. I don't carry bear spray, which maybe I should, but, you know, I don't.
0: I don't uh, know if you need it in Pennsylvania, man. I really don't think you do.
1: I mean, hey, I've I've walked a lot of miles and never had a problem, so I, I'm not going to change my ways now. But yeah, I mean, trekking poles are the best defense I've got against anything. So that's yeah,
0: usually if you make it seem like it's not worth the the cost, whatever it is, will leave you be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trekking poles. I like them. Mine are from Walmart. They're super fancy.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I've got a buddy that's put a lot of miles on those Walmart pools. So dude, they work just fine. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm taking I'm taking them to Alaska. So we'll see. They'll they be should be
1: all here. right. Put some snow baskets on them if you can. I think they have them already. There you go, you're I'm set. Um
0: Dragon poles, what's next?
1: Just regular common household items. So you go on. This would bring us back towards like that REI, you know, you're 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 tempted to go shopping to get whatever, some specialized thing. There's a lot of things in your home that can be utilized pretty effectively when you're out in the wilderness. One thing that I'm extremely fond of is aluminum foil, right? Um, I'm personally I'm very fond of alcohol stoves. So
0: I, you know what's funny? I was gonna add I was one hundred percent surprised that those weren't on your underrated list.
1: I thought about stoves and, and this, you know, putting canister stoves on overrated and whatnot, but I like canister stoves but I never use them, so um yeah, you know, it, it was a tough call, but I chose not to put it on. But, yes, I'm a big alcohol stove proponent. I could, I could, I could do an entire podcast about alcohol stoves. We uh, should talk about them a little bit. Get through what you want to say, but we're going to talk about stoves. Okay, well, so foil, right? I, I've tried, bought windscreens. I've tried to build fancier windscreens. I have messed around burning alcohol in my backyard for how I don't know how many hours. I always come back to foil as my my – windscreen right a wind, and even for your cancer a windscreen will help ha- will help tremendously um but yeah foil it's it's lightweight it's disposable it's easy to find it'll last a surprisingly long time and it blocks the wind really 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 well same goes for like a pot lid you don't need a pot lid i mean this may sound ridiculous but a pot lid might add two ounces you know to your weight once again that all adds up even though it's only two ounces a piece of oil will do pretty much the same thing over your pot and weigh virtually nothing. You know, yeah. um, so it's it's super useful. And then you know, my one other household aid I'm going I'm going to bring up reflect That stuff is amazing. Yeah, I love yes. That. Right, I mean it's uh, you know, I I build what's called a koozie out of it for my pot because I actually cooks cook in my pots when I'm when I'm out there. Um, and then I slip my 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 pot in there once the food's cooked or partially cooked. Insulates my hands so I'm not burning them. It keeps my food hot longer while it's you know five degrees outside. Uh, I take a piece of it to sit on and stand on if it's wet and soggy, and I just slip my sleeping socks on. And, you know, I'm getting in my hammock, so it's it's just a lifesaver. I mean, it's it's all it is is bubble wrap with foil on the outside, but it it does magical things if you freezer bag cook which is where you just have your meal ready in a bag. You add boiling water to the freezer bag. You can make a little pouch to put your freezer bag in while your food rehydrates, um, you know, and it, it just works great. So It's amazing how much warmth you get when it's just
0: like sitting on the ground and you put your stocking feet on that Reflectix. It, oh my God. It's so, it, it gathers so much heat.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it really is amazing stuff. I mean, and it's cheap, Hiking supply places sell it by the the foot for like cents. So you don't have to buy an entire roll like I did, but I'm not sorry that I don't. Wait, I'm, what am I trying to say here? I'm you're glad I will you, say that. It. No,
0: that's yeah,
1: awesome. Yeah, I'm not sorry I bought an entire roll. Well,
0: I'm swiping some of your pl- supply for Alaska and Wyoming this year. So get ready for that.
1: Have at it, buddy. And then Anybody who's listening to the- this podcast, if you need some Reflectix, send Todd your address. I'll mail you some.
0: <laughs> He's not joking. He'll do it. Um, I will. Reflectix, I want to talk. We'll talk about those later. Don't you? And you use like, so those things, I don't even remember what the hell they're called. The things when you use, when you're hanging your hammock and you um, you use like where you cut off old arrows. What are those called?
1: Uh, they're just called toggles, I they're guess. Toggles. Um,
0: so t- typically people would buy those, right? But you make yours out of old arrows.
1: Yeah, you can. <sighs> They do sell them. Um, once again, you're only going to find those in a in a hiking-specific place. You're not going to find those in an REI or anything. Cause, and that's one thing. Hammocks, I'm a hammock guy through and through. But your general hammock you buy needs a lot of love if you bought it from a big-box store. You know, it's. I wouldn't even carry it out in the woods and use it the way it is. Mm, why is um, that? Go on. Well, once again, the suspensions, the way they actually hang from the trees, they're just not they're not good. All right. They're heavy. (laughs) It's heavy and it can't be adjusted easily to length. Whereas like, you know, you you can easily put many different suspensions, but whoopee slings and, or uh, just some cinch buckles and you can buy them in titanium and they're really light. But, and then you can, you can tailor the hang any way you want between a wide distance of trees. You know, you have a lot of variation that you can go into your sleep system and it just makes setting up a breeze and, you know, otherwise you're searching for those two perfect trees right, without right. those. And now I can, yeah. Whoopie slings um, and cinch buckles. Yeah, I mean, either one of those suspensions will, will do you wonders. I usually use the whoopie slings with the toggles and, and that. But, um, yep, those little arrow pieces. And, you know, you could just pick up a stick, too, out there. But I'd rather carry two tiny, two-inch-long sections of aluminum arrows because it just, you know, then I don't have to look
0: for a stick when I'm tired. Dude, you sounded... So central Pennsylvania, there for a second. He said, "He really? said, he said, said whoopslings and that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, can't hide my roots. Yeah, where are you doing? Um, anyway, so we talked about. Uh, man, where were we? I lost where we were.
1: We were talking about reflectics and uh, oh,
0: household items. household items. Household items, right? All right. Right, right,, uh, so
1: those are pretty much the two big ones that I would say foil, aluminum, foil, and reflect. You
0: know what I think too that this isn't necessarily household items, but you said about pots, and it's something that I think is uh, important because I always carry heavy ass pots and you always have those light ass aluminum ones, and I think that they're that they're awesome. your pots are awesome
1: well, it's funny you brought that up because titanium pots was almost one of my overrated things okay um, so I'm just going to touch on that real fast, reasons I don't like them. I mean, they're sweet and all, but they're expensive. And two, if you actually cook in your pot like I do, your food sticks to them a lot more than aluminum, uh... right? So aluminum is maybe a touch heavier, but they're dirt cheap. I mean, my pots are about five bucks, my favorite kind. And, um, you know, the food doesn't stick as bad. But I think, I think aluminum has a bad reputation, that whole Alzheimer's claim, whatever. But I, yeah, I think that's you bullshit. Know, I mean, hey, my grandparents cooked out of aluminum their whole lives and we're okay. And I'm only going to use aluminum when I'm backpacking, which is not every day. So I don't care. Really? Your grandparents lived
0: forever, too.
1: They were pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty old. But yeah, so uh, those pots are amazing. I, I, I use iMusa. Um, you used to be able to buy them at. Kmart, if that's even still a thing. I don't think uh, so. Walmart may have them, but otherwise, you can buy them online. They're literally about five dollars. Uh, you know, compare that to a fifty-dollar titanium pot, and you could have ten aluminum pots for whatever. It's go. just
0: yeah. what's it called? Musa?
1: I am USA. I'm Musa. I think it's some Amusa. Japanese brand. Gotcha. Well, they're right. They're, they're dirt cheap.
0: Those steel ones no. I carry are heavy. That's not a good. It's not a good move. And steel doesn't heat up very fast. No, that's something to will pick about. Too. It does not yeah. conduct the heat
1: as well. That is for sure.
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, next on your list, good
1: sir. Well, it's something we've already touched on a lot, and that's my love for quilts. Oh, so quilts. that's underrated. People are slowly making the transition, but and, and even big-name companies are starting to make quilts now. You know, at the North Face, I think they have a quilt out. So they're catching on. They're worth trying out. I have
0: a quilt. I know I have a sleeping bag. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've used your quilts. I never had a problem with them. I always stayed pretty warm and you know, you're the, yep. the under quilt over quilt system in one of your hammocks, man, that always seemed to work pretty well for me.
1: Oh yeah. That's where it's at. But That's I, it's at. The, I mean,
0: I think the thing is, it's like most people aren't used to sleeping in hammocks so they don't, they don't see the, like the utility of the quilt and it's like so ingrained that like, I remember when like, when my dad first started taking me out hunting when we were a little boy, when I was a little boy and we'd camp, I had, you know, an old army surplus, like 40 below sleeping bag that I'd, that I'd sleep in. So it's like, I think we're just, Mm -hmm. we're just so enamored to think about having a sleeping bag and a quilt, like a quilt, that's something you buy from the Amish folks. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just don't think people think of it.
1: No, you're right. But you know, most people don't put much time into learning, all that much about this subject either. Most people are just average campers. Sure. They may never go camping. But, you know, most people are just in state parks, having fun, whatever. So they're not walking 20 miles a day. So it's just something to think about. They're not.
0: I think also, but I think the things like, you know, the backpack hunters that are listening to this, it's like, think about like, you know, if you're you're staking out and then you're killing a uh, an elk and, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you are a mule deer and you got a quarter that, hike it back to wherever you need to hike it to and then you got to get your gear and then you got to take that back like man saving a few ounces or a pound like it's going to add up and be worth it at some point
1: yeah i mean it's every piece of weight i can shed there so i've been backpacking a long time it has gotten so much more enjoyable for me i used to carry too much stuff and now i take nothing and it is so much more fun you know it's just so much more fun but I hear so the next thing is knowledge and practice. Go on. And this means, you know, whenever I first get new gear, I wait. I cherish the winter nights and stuff when I can set it up in my yard and the winds whipping, And I'm like, I'm going to sleep out there tonight. And people would be like, why would you do that? Because you have a bed 35 feet away. But I have to know what I can trust it with you know, before I go out. So whether it's that or tying knots or like practicing hanging bear bags, if you're in bear country, you know, it's, it's, or if you're in real bear country, you'd probably want to figure out a better system than bear bags. But, you know, you just have to make sure you know what you're doing before you go. So knowing knots is essential for a lot of things. You can take a piece of rope, which without knowing any knots is pretty worthless. And you learn, Five very useful knots, and you can do a lot. That's true.
0: You know, that's for sure. So, I don't know as many knots as I should. That's without a doubt the truth. Um, you know, I hear something crazy about uh, that I heard that works for uh, deterring bears. What's that? Mothballs.
1: That's interesting. I haven't smelled those in years. I haven't either. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: even know where you buy the damn things, but that's what actually Steve and I were talking about, about uh, keeping. Bears away from our meat and stuff when we go caribou hunting, and he was like, he's like this old, like Alaskan dude that, you know, this old Alaskan outdoorsman was like, man, mothballs they work. I was like, that's crazy. All right, well, mothballs it is. I mean, it makes
1: makes sense since bears have a super powerful sense of smell, and mothball smells pretty weird. They, they might think it smells terrible. So they do, man. Yeah. No, no, no.
0: Well, we're gonna try it out. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, knowledge. What are the so underrated? Really trying your gear out and, and really understanding it before you go. That's important.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've gone, you know, it's only Pennsylvania, but I've gone out in places alone where I could have easily died, right? Had I done something stupid, fallen in a, in a creek, and it's really cold. Say cool, it right. I
0: might not be here. Say it right. What's that? What did you have fallen oh, into?
1: If I want to fell in one of them there, correct. you drinking that creek and, water, Josh. Uh, yeah, crick water. <laughs> but, I, I mean, seriously, you just got to be prepared. Even though you might be in a very tame spot, things can go south really quickly. So you want to know what you're doing. Yeah, for sure you do.
0: What's uh? Is there anything else on your list?
1: Yeah, I wasn't really going to talk about it, but I'm going to bring it up go since on. it's important. Um, it's a backpacking trowel or a tiny little shovel because pooping responsibly is important. I agree. Um, go on, sir. You know – species Fe- carry some diseases it's pretty communicable through water and whatnot so you don't want to poop next to water and just leave old toilet paper and stuff laying there it's pretty gross so i mean one time i took i didn't take todd we went together i guess remember that little juniata trip we took yep yep, yep. and uh, there was it's a popular spot great trout stream cool but there was so much toilet paper all along the banks of the the river right there. It was pretty disgusting. It was like
0: a mine. So, it was literally like a minefield. There, it it was everywhere.
1: I mean, yeah. So you really want to get away from water? Dig a small cat hole, poop into that, bury it. You know, and I'm not insane. If you got paper, you can bury that. It's going to decompose too. But um, Oh, and it, you know, it's the only other thing I've ever used it for was found a tiny little puddle one time and a little trickle of water. I had to dig it a little deeper. It let me filter water I needed in a bad way. So it does have some other uses, but you know, yeah, it's, it's best to poop responsibly.
0: Poop responsibly. So here's the deal. Uh, sorry, I had to cut like 10 minutes off of this episode. I'll have Josh back on. We had some weird uh, audio technical difficulties, but I wanted to get this out because there's some really good information on it. Um, and uh, I want you to have access to it as soon as possible. But we'll do another episode. We'll do another gear-type roundup. We'll have another conversation. But you missed, like, a funny story because the, the audio got weird and, uh, and a little bit of talk about stoves. So I'll bring Josh back on to talk about stoves and stuff later. Until the next time, next week, I'm going to have Dr. Mike Roussel on. Uh, he's a Ph.D. nutritionist. He's going to come on, and we're going to talk about nutrition, which is important for humans and super important for people that want to get something out of their body so i'll uh talk to y'all next time